Have you ever turned on a podcast in a public place and started listening, only for the three dumb hosts to suddenly start talking about Wolverine's cock? Well, it might happen if you listen here, so here's your friendly content warning that, um, we're gonna probably talk about Wolverine's cock, and we'll definitely swear a bunch. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying high on our own hot air, but have stopped our journey to the house of mystery to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? What are the best genres to cross over? I, my mind immediately goes in one direction. Yeah? Okay, I was going to come up with a joke right there, but that's, <laughs> that's, how, mu- that's how much it goes in one direction. I couldn't go in, I couldn't give a joke. Horror comedy. Horror comedy? Yeah, I think horror comedy is the perfect fusion. Editor and so is Steven here. Uh, I, sorry. I, I just finished salting all the windows. I got the salt line set up on it so we don't get any ghosts coming in. And I got to agree, horror comedy is my my, my real answer. But my, my joke answer is uh, porn and anything. Oh, yeah, you did that joke at work, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, porn nuns and horror. Some nunsploitation. Just makes me think of... Porn comedy. I was listening to an interview with the guy who played JD on Scrubs, and he talked about, like... Some guy coming up to him one day being like, oh my God, you're Zach Braff. And he's like, yeah, hey man, how's it going? And he goes, I played you on the Scrubs porn parody. <laughs> and being like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Good job, man. Like, good for you. Thanks. <laughs> Did you make me look good? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what was your motivation? Did you? What was your character secret? How did you, how did you stay in character? <laughs> wow. Having a boner. Okay, so moving away from JD's boner. So I think, I mean, <laughs> that's basically what it was. Guardians of the Galaxy proves that the superhero cosmic or superhero sci-fi is a like way undertapped well of things we can cross over. And I mean, I, mean like, I tend not to think of superhero as like its own genre so much as like it's kind of it's like a cross genre. Okay, I get it. I get you. But like maybe it's just because I read comic books so much and there's like terrestrial superhero and then there's like cool space stuff. But every once in a while you get, you know, a character who ha- does the whole superhero like bits, but just so happens to be in space. And I appreciate that as opposed to like. Silver Surfer's not really a space superhero. He's just a, a, a cosmic character. Similar thing, I really think it's wildly underused and should be used more is superhero and actual classic like fantasy. Mm. Like the oh, closest yeah. I could think is kind of when Avatar the Last Airbender plays with it a couple of times with like the Painted Lady episode and when he's playing the bl- when Zuko is like the blue spirit or whatever the fuck oh, he yeah, calls yeah, himself. Yeah. Like I think there's if there's anything that has like space for this person puts on a mask and now we don't know who he is fucking Lord of the Rings is a place that you could do that fantasy comedy has been popping up more lately and I appreciate it because I like fantasy that's not and here's Lord of the Rings but we don't have the character rights for that I uh hmm. fantasy superhero thing makes me just think like how much I wish that going forward Marvel would just commit to going full-on weird and give us, like, Otherworld. Yeah. Or, like, we talked about it on New Byland, uh, the Black Knight comic, like, the original Black Knight comic had mm-hmm. such a good idea of here is a knight who is disguised, but he's also a member of King Arthur's court. 
So like he but pretends he's also like the fail son member. But so he like pretends to be like the foppish noble or whatever. But then when Mordred's doing something again, he disappears and fucking loads up as like the Black Knight. That's a fucking Bruce Campbell nineties TV show. Like that's um I, like I mean, these are all things that I wish happened more. I still think the best overall is horror comedy. Horror comedy is like the only way I like horror, so I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, 100%. I think just the writing styles complement each other. They're both trying to do two main things, which is subvert expectation and play with timing of things. And you can use one to help alleviate the other. If it's getting too scary, you can throw in some extra comedy and like help mm -hmm. break the tension. If you want something to hit even harder, like throw some jokes around it and then bam, slam down the horror. Shaun of the Dead is like one of the most perfect movies. Oh, and yeah, it it's in my it if it's not in my uh top 3 on Letterbox, it should be, but it's also 100% my top five, five favorite movies of all time. Um I watched it basically almost every year since I first saw it. Her Zombie Land does a really fucking good job. I guess Hot Fuzz is kind of more of a horror or a thriller comedy, which is Hot Fuzz is an action comedy. Wild. It's not just an action okay, comedy. It's though. an like action it's, comedy, but think about all but the it's story also beats. A romance. It's a full core. Oh, it's basically wick. It's action Wicker Man. Wow, you're not. Wow, that's because it's got like a whole murder conspiracy. That's not just action movie. It's got like wow. <laughs> it's action Wicker Man. That movie, more and more, Hot Fuzz is so much better. Comes my, what might be my favorite Edgar Wright film, despite as my my love for Shaun of the Dead. That one might be my favorite. Have you ever watched Spaced? The I need to. Oh, the so first good. two episodes are actively pretty bad, but after that, it's fucking incredible. Comedy is interesting because comedy can blend with almost any genre and work. Yes. Also, side note: Is rom com one genre or two genres? Rom com, I feel, is its own subgenre of the both. I feel like it is at this point become such a big thing that it's its, it's own. It's kind genre, of its own thing. But mm -hmm. I feel like it's definitely a, a. I'd say it's one of my favorite mixing of genres. Mm -hmm. In that, like, for a long while there were strictly romance movies, and there still is. That's more prevalent to see more like romance or romance. Romantic thrillers, I guess, are more common now. You still get the odd romance, though, now and then. But yeah. for the most part, it's going to be at least more comedy-based. Mm -hmm. But also, with the death of the mid-budget um, uh, movie, you don't really see a lot of romantic comedies anymore. It's mostly... Temple or indie. Yeah, and for the most part, they're not making them at Temple, so you're seeing like indie productions go to streaming, mm -hmm. or you're seeing them be repurposed into TV shows. How we market movies desperately need, not market movies, but how we uh, release movies and deal with movies desperately needs a reworking because right now your options is no budget or too much budget. So stuff like the rom-com is in trouble, which is too bad because I mean like... Oh, I love me some rom-com. Well, yeah, like When Harry Met Sally is a classic for a reason. I'm not claiming it's the greatest movie of all time, I but I've never watched... been disappointed I watched it. Like I just watched 13 going on 30. It's fucking charming. It's it was a, really creepy yeah. to me. I, I don't care for that one, but I... Uh... Yeah, but it's also, like, uh, it's as creepy as Big is, but it's also less creepy because Don't it's... remind me about how creepy Big is, because <laughs> the movie's kind of wonderful. Okay. Right. Until you remember as how creepy as, it is. As much as I love the rom-com, right. any rom-com that magically ages someone one way or the other is just going to... This one is that she is essentially just forgotten everything and is 
only remembers her 13, basically everything from being 13 and younger. That's a little better. Um, she did live it's not her not a full, lot better, but it's, it's not, a little better. It's, it's not a lot better. <laughs> it's very complicated in that, like, she does tell this to Mark Ruffalo's character, and he still does pursue her after that. Or, like, actually, no, they don't end up together in that. Thank God, because that's... Then they go back in time, and she changes time. It's weird. It's got magic <laughs> involved. Yeah, I think the only place where comedies are rough to stick the landing is Western comedies. You can do it. Shanghai Noon exists, but like... And Blazing Saddles. But Blazing Saddles is a movie that works because it was made in a very specific moment in time. Right. But like, you know, fucking Hateful Eight or whatever that god-awful Adam Sandler... Like, too often... That one was actually way better than it gets credit for. Yeah, you're not the only person that has gone to back to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did not intend to watch it. I came home while my roommate at the time was watching it, and I was like, well, fuck it. You got weed, and I got nothing else to do. Yeah, I'm not going to make you turn it off. Yeah, so. and um, I was uh, pleasantly surprised at like how much I actually laughed during that movie, the only bad part of it was Taylor Lautner. I don't know if he's ever been good at any movie I've ever seen him in. The problem with the Western comedy is it so often ends up just punching down at Native Americans. But, I mean, as much as I said, this fucking Miracle Workers Oregon Trail is some of the most perfect, like, eight episodes of television, however long that series is. Briscoe County Jr. Briscoe's like 15 different genres mixed into something and kicked down the stairs. Like, my name is Trinity with the slapping scene. I've not. Oh, that's the one that they do in the Blade 2 uh, yeah. homage. Yeah. Okay. Stand corrected. It seems like horror comedy is the winner. Maybe I would argue sci fi comedy, I would put like number two. The one that I always wished was better is action horror. Because it seems like it should go together. And most of the time, think of what those movies actually are. They're not good. Oh, they're not good, but I love those pieces of trash. I I love that fucking cotton candy movies. The problem is... I was just talking about the Underworld franchise today. I love yeah. them. Yeah, Underworld, they're, they're Resident Evil. Good. They're not good, but I love them. End of Days. Yeah, the Legion. problem is they... Just watched Legion the other day. Right after that, I watched 13 Going on 30. Interesting double feature. <laughs> wow, Yeah. <laughs> They feel like they're trying to go for, I don't know, some kind of, um, like, there should be some kind of depth in it, and there's just fucking none of it. The one that comes closest of, I think, of landing the, like, balance you're talking about is the first Blade movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe even two. Oh, two, I think. Two but not as much. so far, in my opinions, when I watched it as an adult, which is too bad, because I thought it was the best by far, and then watching it, and I was like... Oh, no, I just really got Guillermo del Toro. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't age as well. This, the graphics aged a lot more poor because they started to use a lot more CGI. And the Up plot... Front rather than, like, just in the background. And the plot mm -hmm. is largely non-existent. Well, mm -hmm. like, yeah, Steven... What is it, Steven Dorff? Steven Dorff, yes. Steven Dorff is the least threatening vampire possibly of all time. But he plays such a fun, smarmy little shithead that, like, it's still worth it. Yeah. Ooh. No, I don't know if that'd be... I, could, I don't know if that'd be considered action horror, but I was going to say 30 Days a Night. I mean, 30 Days a Night is would be pretty action horror-ish. It's more on, like, the survival side of action, but I'd that, still say it's action. Yeah, that's survival why it feels like that. tends to be your best chance if you want to do action horror, because then you can have the... The, the dread is more... Also, prey. Yeah. But that also kind of falls into the sci-fi horror kind of camp, which is... 
in a little bit more of the sci-fi uh, survivor horror. Horror kind of leans into it. It almost inevitably ends up being if it's Mold. not like suspense or thriller, like into fantasy or sci-fi land. Like it's just. I it, mean, given that I well. pointed out it's that a multi- hot, that Hot Fuzz is just Wicker Man, there there's an action horror. <laughs> yeah. God, now I want to watch Hot Fuzz. Um, but yeah, I think Yark. it sounds like uh, comedy Yark. horror is our answer here, and then porn is our and then joke porn. answer. Crossed not over porn. With. That is uncomfortable. Depends. <laughs> Depends. Hey, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. No, but Arnie Hammer. Oh, that's <laughs> that's not what I'm thinking. Moving of. On. <laughs> we're moving on. Well, in order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. I'll prod him a bit and see what shakes loose. Remember, any misses or mistakes will have to be made up for at the end of our trip. Today, we'll keep with this expedition's theme of Marvel and DC horror characters. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on Manwolf? John Jameson. Give me the full name, because it's so much fun. John Jameson Jr.? No, it's it's J. Jonah Jameson's kid. Is his name not just John Jameson? What, what, what's the... Junior? Three. Three. That's right. He's the third, the third. because <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson is technically John Jameson the third, or Junior. Junior. Which, but he just moved it because it sounded better. Uh, so, so wait, what is his name then? John Jonah. Well, which one? The the Wolfman or, or Man Wolf. John or, Jameson. J- yeah, John, John Jonah Jameson the third. John Jonah Jameson the third. Which means the publisher of the Daily Bugle is technically John Jonah Jameson Jr. What a dick. <laughs> I know he has no choice in that, but fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyways, John Jameson is a astronaut who first appears in The Amazing Spider-Man issue 2, I want to say, who is rescued by Spider-Man after the chameleon, I want to say, fucking tries to ruin his uh, space flight. He does eventually end up in space where he finds a magic rock that turns him into a werewolf man in the shattered remains of a yellow astronaut's outfit. That's that's fucking cool. Uh, he does spend <laughs> at least some period of time in an alternate universe being basically Werewolf Conan the Barbarian. Dope. And for a while was Captain America's personal pilot. And werewolf. And werewolf. Captain America's personal werewolf. He also is directly responsible for the Cap Wolf saga, which is one of the most like weirdly good, bad 90s comics where... John Jameson has gone missing, so Cap tracks him down and finds a guy who's been kidnapping various werewolf-based characters for his werewolf-based evil plans, and Cap gets turned into a werewolf. Hence, the Cap Wolf. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's his finest hour. Is he a good boy? Uh, I mean, yeah. compared to J. Jonah Jameson, yes, but he's kind of a shithead. Uh, I... I there's nothing necessarily wrong with John. He was better in early stories where he was just kind of a good old all-American boy. Like, if superheroes hadn't come out, he would have been a much bigger national hero. But when Cap shows up, like, three days after you launch into space, your your star is kind of outshined. Is this the same guy in Spider-Man 2 who's dating Did, Mary Jane Watson? Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, I think in Spider-Man 3 brings Venom. Venom? To, yeah. Yeah, he's a... I'm back on the moon. Are you up there with me? He's a cosmic werewolf. Um. <laughs> Who's buddies with Morbius the living vampire, and at one point, marries She-Hulk. But it turns How out... How did he trick She-Hulk into marrying him? 
Thanos's weirdo brother did it for him. <coughs> oh, Star Fox. Mm. It's not on. Does purpose. he do a barrel roll? Sorry, I make that joke anytime yeah. you mention Star so Fox. So Star Fox, aka Eros, is Thanos's kind of creepy brother. He was not supposed to be creepy, and they've done some work in the last couple of years to make him less creepy again. But there was a while where but they he's kind creepy. Of leaned into because his main ability is to make you feel pleasure. Ooh, baby, that sounds gross. <laughs> Which eventually a couple, I think Gail Simone was the writer that was like, this is bad. We know this, right? Like, this is, this is bad. But anyways, Star Fox and She-Hulk had been on the same Avengers team. And if I remember right, Star Fox was just trying to help out She-Hulk and being like, I want you to be happy. And he, I think, accidentally used some of his powers on her, which caused her to be more serious with john jameson than uh she meant to be they end up getting married but it turns out that john jameson this is why i don't like john up until this point i actually think john's kind of fun john doesn't like she hulk he likes jen walters oh so he doesn't like it when she turns into she hulk and he kind of wants her to like stay as jen which is about as gross as the people who want her to stay as she hulk all of like kind of the point of Jen is like letting her be both and accepting both yes, sides of her. And he wanted, he, which I don't know if this was on purpose, but it kind of translated into like, he wanted the good submissive woman for a wife, which is and not oh. the muscle mommy. Yeah. Which hits different. Also, if you're going to marry <laughs> fucking she Hulk, shut the fuck up and accept the eight foot tall muscle mommy. <laughs> Take whatever you can get, <laughs> Both are smoking hot. Also, you're a cosmic werewolf. I think part of the storyline was anytime he interacted with superheroes, things went bad. So that was where some of it came from. But, and I've not read these stories, so I can't say for sure. But I think the gender dynamics of like, well, no, I want Jen makes it hit in ways that I don't Mm -hmm. appreciate personally. That would be an interesting dynamic to explore if someone who, uh, well, Jen's Jen's pretty much everybody pretty much knows she is She Hulk. She's right? not subtle about She's it. She's not subtle about <laughs> it. Like it's a known. I need to watch the She Hulk show. I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. It's imperfect, but it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Not related to Jameson Junior the Third or whoever his name yeah, is. Yeah, but honestly, he's he's a werewolf with like a yellow and green kind of suit that originally was his spacesuit, but has later turned into like a leotard that helps him keep control with a big fucking crimson gem sticking out of his chest like he's the Juggernaut. Yeah, that's about right. I have nothing to add. <laughs> Other than him being and called his Star God sucks. for that that's issue right. and a half. He was the Star God for a while. Well, that's it for today, folks. Well, we're taking off. Before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earverm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we want to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and to Ian Ford for our theme song, Tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. Up, up, and away. Thank you.